first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit MethodProducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Here's what's happening. Hello, Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we're going to touch on a little bit of news, not a ton to hit on on the news front, um, a few little quick things that we'll run through, and then we have an interview with our first recurring guest in former Wisconsin offensive lineman, David Mormon. Uh, he came on a few months ago to talk about his playing experience. And then we had him on again. Uh, we actually just wrapped up, and now we'll just say that is a very fun interview to listen to. Uh, had a lot of insight. Uh, you know, we wanted to have a former player on to kind of talk about how, if, if they were in the situation that the, the current players are in, you know, how they would feel and, and handle that. But we also got into some fun stuff. You'll, if you guys can uh, listen in and, and hear what David put down on a Sunday for food after a game, and it'll make your uh, stomach hurt if you hear the amount of calories that. <laughs> That he put down. So it's a fun interview, so make sure you guys listen through that. Um, uh, we, we had a blast. We'll definitely have David on again. He's always fun uh, talking to us and, and joining us. But, Matt, how are you doing today? Doing great. Uh, yeah, just it's always great to have David on. He, he's a great, great guest. He also talks a little bit about the defensive line. I know we talked about the offensive line last time he was on, so we wanted to pick his brain about what he sees in some of the defensive line guys that he went up against. So um, great interview to, on the back half of the episode for people. So hope, hope people enjoy it. Yeah, I think they definitely will. It's uh, It was a lot of fun to hear chatting with him and, uh, there's a wide array of topics. Talk about uh, plenty of different stuff to uh, get you guys started this week. But uh, before we get into that fun interview, we've got a few news things to touch on. So you're ready to hop into the news of the day? Let's do it. Here's what's happening. All right. So news-wise, not a lot to get to. Some things that are, are kind of just a, a stab in the heart, and that's where we're. That's where. We'll start. Nice little rhyme there. The Badgers ranked 12th <laughs> in the uh, latest AP poll. Not really sure that it matters or how that's I, – I didn't get a chance to read up, but somebody wrote an article, I can't remember who, on how that all kind of works with, with teams not playing. I uh, basically said, you know, I see the Badgers ranked 12th, and that just makes me upset, so I don't want to know anymore. But what did you make of that, and, and how strange is it going to be you know, this year with – these Big Ten teams and Pac-12 teams essentially being ranked but but not playing the, the games. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really weird. Um, I'm assuming that eventually uh, those placeholders are all, will all drop uh, and, you know, teams who are actually playing, if assuming 
teams actually do get to playing, uh, given some of the uncertainties around COVID in, in some of these schools that are welcoming students back. But assuming that some of the other uh, conferences do play, it, it's definitely going to be really weird. Um, I know uh, Land Grant Holy Land, who is the Ohio State SB Nation site, tweeted out uh, banging their head into a wall after they saw that they were ranked number two with, with almost as many number one place votes as Clemson. So uh, that was pretty much what I was thinking as I saw that. So um, while I don't condone going over and checking out their site, I do um, do understand their frustration because I was feeling a lot of the same things. So it, it's, it is what it is at this point. Hopefully um, there is a winter season because I know both of us have talked about that we're really hoping to have – eight straight months of football, that would be glorious. Oh, yeah. In the interview with David as well, he mentioned uh, a possible winter season running into March Madness, and I started uh, salivating with the thought of that. Uh, I would probably bust my uh, betting account over at FanDuel, but uh, it'd be a, it'd be a fun fun ride to make up for the lack of sports we've had uh, these last few months. But, yeah, on the, on the AP front, it was definitely uh, a tough one to swallow, and we'll see how that all kind of plays out as we go forward here. All right, our next piece of news is uh, a little bit more positive. Uh, two former Wisconsin Badgers uh, seem to be making progress at the next level. Uh, both wide receivers will start with A.J. Taylor. It sounds like he's uh, trying out for the Green Bay Packers, which to me the most impressive part is and everyone who's listening to this has seen A.J. Taylor as a player. Uh, they know what he's capable of, but for him to be coming back so soon off that injury and, and able to uh, participate in an NFL tryout just shows the, the work ethic that he's had because that's not an easy injury to come back from, and he's uh, starting to work his way into the fold. So so that's great to hear. And then uh, the, it sounds like the reports out of the G- Detroit Lions camp is that Quintez Cephas is really impressive um, and, and showing what he's capable of. And no surprise to Badger fans of you know, seeing what he's brought uh, over his seasons at Wisconsin. But what do you make of the two former wide receivers uh, really really hitting it off uh, at their NFL camps, and hopefully A.J. Taylor can uh, make a run at, uh, at the, you know, the Packers squad. It would be great to see that. Yeah, I mean, I'm really – I'm just happy for A.J. Taylor. He's such a good guy, um, really hard worker, really, really smart, and, and he's fast. He's good in his breaks. He'd be a solid slot receiver. I'm assuming if he doesn't have that Achilles injury – he, he probably has even even more chances uh, in the NFL. I'm hoping that um, he's able to stick somewhere, and hopefully it's the Packers because that would be just phenomenal as a Packers fan. Um, so I, I'm rooting for him and, and really hoping for the best for him just because he, he brings a little added dimension as a, as a former running back at that slot position, and he's got wheels. So I'm hoping that it, it works out for him and everything. And then, yeah, I mean, Cephas is a, is a stud. I mean, he's balling out at Lions camp. I'm That's probably the least surprising thing I've heard uh, at this point. They've got a stacked room, so it's going to be tough for him to break into the rotation in, all, in major meaningful ways. But at the same time, um, you, you might see them cut uh, some of their guys above him that you never know. Teams will look at him and be like, well, we got to get this kid on the field. Um, and so it, it gives him an opportunity. It's it's also one of those things where he he left early. So as much as he um, has is older because he missed a full year, he's still fairly raw and and didn't play a whole lot of high school football. 
football because he was primarily a basketball kid, and now he he's really just focused on football. He had a whole year off last year; was just kind of thrown back into it. So I'm I'm saying right now that he he's a guy who I think the Lions were smart to draft him as much as that pains me to say, and I think he he's going to have a, a good future as long as he can keep creating separation um, from defenders and using those. Um, really strong hands to catch the ball because he he can he can do a lot for uh, NFL teams. Yeah, we wish him, of course, both of them the best. Uh, AJ Taylor bouncing back from that injury and making an NFL team would be um, an awesome story for Wisconsin uh, and former players and, and fans. Like you said, he's a, he's a great guy, uh, fan favorite for a lot of people. So we we wish him the best and Quintez Cephas. Hopefully, he can continue to show what he's capable of and. Uh, get on the field this year and have 14 really great games and then maybe not do as much against the Green Bay Packers. But I know both <laughs> of us are a little biased on that front. But good to see former uh, Wisconsin receivers doing well and, and hopefully making moves at the next level. All right, our next piece of news uh, on the Wisconsin basketball front, Hunter Salas re- released his top 12, I believe, yeah, it was top 12 uh, five-star player that the Badgers were in on. Unfortunately, it doesn't uh, sound like the Badgers made the cut on that top 12. It was probably a long shot anyway. Um, so tough news for Badger fans, but at the same time, you know, they were they were shooting their shot. It was probably a long shot. I know Chucky Hepburn was really working on the, the recruiting front to try and get him to Madison. Doesn't sound like it's going to happen, but the Badgers also put out uh, an offer to Lucas Taylor, who's an interesting shooting guard, um, 6'6 kid. Uh, in that class of 2021, got a lot of offers right now, but uh, Wisconsin get adds to the mix. So, what did you make of the the little bit of news on the basketball front? Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to our conversation last week when we talked about James Graham uh, choosing to go to Maryland. The Badgers are are going for the hail mary. They're going for the guys at the top of their board that it's like, hey, we'll take him if he's willing to come, but we're not going to settle for a guy. Um, they've uh, I'm still guessing that they bank that scholarship to the 2022 class, um, but at the same time, they're going to keep um, keep trying at some of these top top rated 2021 kids. I mean, he's a he's a top 150 kid. Um, he's got really good length at six six, can score at all three levels. So I think he's the type of guy that it's like, hey, we're going to try to get this kid in on a, into the program. I think uh, a shooting guard would make a lot of sense if they're able to get one in with this class just because you have a couple really good point guards in Lauren Bowman and Chucky Hepburn in the pipeline. It'd be good to pair another shooting guard to go with uh, the Davis brothers um, in that rotation. So I, I think they're going to keep chipping away at that, but I'm guessing this will probably end up being something where they're banking that scholarship to 2022 unless something uh, pops out of nowhere. Yeah, it'd be interesting to watch, you know, how that uh, plays out. And I know they've, like I mentioned a little bit ago, they've got interest in Lucas Taylor. Um, if if they could land a, a player like him, he is an interesting prospect, you know, 6'6", 185, a lanky kid, but uh, could could be a guy that they, they put some weight on if they can land him. I know I believe he's leaning, uh, at least according to rivals, uh, over at Vanderbilt, but a lot of schools interested in him. So I, I'm sure the Badgers will make their – best pitch and uh we'll we'll see what they can do on the recruiting front and if not as as we always say in greg guard we trust hopefully we'll uh continue to keep it moving if they bank that scholarship i think uh they'll they'll find a good home for it uh for sure 
All right. Anything else you you want to hit on? I know it's kind of a slow news day. Otherwise, if not, we'll we'll kick it over to our interview with David because that's a little bit longer interview than we than we normally have. Yeah, no, I think uh, we'll just get it over to that interview. Um, but it is really exciting to see the basketball team back out practicing and and seeing everything happen with that because that team uh, could be very good. And I know we're going to be starting to talk about them a little bit more as uh, as it gets closer and closer to October. That's a good way to put it. It was exciting to see the uh, Wisconsin basketball Twitter put out uh, put out some pictures of the guys as we saw the Davis brothers. Exciting times for the Badgers. I know uh, everything gets kind of lost in the COVID conversation, but that team brings back a lot, and uh, I'm excited to see what they can do. And we, we won't even talk about the possibility of not having a season because I, I don't think I could take that because that team is going to be just as strong as I think the football team would be, so it would be exciting to see. Um, but all right, guys, we'll knock out our ad reads here. Uh, stick with us through that, and then we'll get into our interview with David. We think you'll really enjoy it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Badger fans, we are now joined by, I believe, our first recurring guest. Matt, I don't know if you can confirm this, but I think this is the first time we've had someone on, at least when we've been doing it, a second time. Um, And that's former offensive lineman David Mormon uh, on to join us. He came on, uh, I can't remember the last time, it was a few months back, uh, talked about his playing days. We wanted to have him back on because he's as a recent graduate and, and former football player. Um, he's probably got a better perspective on, on this whole postponement, what it means as an athlete, things like that. Uh, so we wanted to get him on, pick his brain, catch up with him. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier, but David, how are you? Um, what's new uh, in your world? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on again. I don't really know what I did to present uh, <laughs> the first recurring uh, guest, but I'm definitely excited to be back on uh, talking to you guys about uh, what's going on right now. But I, I'm doing well, um, you know, officially working. Uh, part of the part of the real world workforce, and I kind of told you guys earlier before the show that it's a little different, but I'm enjoying it. It's a new challenge, and um, the super super pumped to have had the experience that I had at Wisconsin because it's definitely prepared me for um, what I'm going through right now and what's yet to come in my in my next step of life. But I'm happy to get a little break and talk about some football with you guys. <laughs> yeah, we're glad to have you on here. Uh, we're, we'll probably maybe see if you keep coming on if 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 it goes keeps going well. So. Um, hopefully you can squeeze out a little bit of time from that day job to, to keep chatting with us. <laughs> Definitely. As long as you guys keep having me, man, I'm willing to talk about my, my guys. So There you go. There we go. All right. Well, let's hop into some questions, and we'll, we'll start with the uh, the obvious topic of, of coronavirus cancellation of the Big Ten season. 
everything. I mean, I don't really know if we need to go too deep in depth of, of what has happened. I think everybody's pretty familiar with it. But uh, as a former player, let's say this, this whole thing happened a year ago instead of 2020. It happened, you know, in 2019. How would you feel? And, and can you maybe give, give us some perspective on just the the postponement maybe from a player's perspective? Because we've heard from a few of the players uh, on the team, and but I, I'm sure those guys can only say so, say so much about what they're feeling. Uh, what what would kind of be going through your head, and how would you feel about that as a player? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's a tough situation. I just want to say, you know, right off the bat, that I just feel um, so much for, you know, everyone involved, all the players, all the coaches, all the support staff. But um, honestly, like, I feel probably the most for, you know, the fourth-year, fifth-year seniors, the guys who don't have, you know, maybe they might have eligibility coming up, the guys who were ready to have a great senior season because um, my personal experience – um, I, I mean, as you guys know, and as a lot of the fans know, I didn't get an opportunity to really show my stuff on the field until my fifth year. And there's so many guys throughout the Big Ten, throughout the country, who um, don't have that opportunity anymore. And I mean, I just I feel so bad for those guys, and I hope um, hope to God that they get an opportunity, some some form of the other, either maybe a restart in in the winter or spring, or eligibility, a chance to come back the next season. But um, I mean, it's just it's a tough situation. I know from um, you know, there's there's definitely guys who now have to make the decision to decide if they're going to go um, let's go right and start training for the NFL. Um, and, you know, those guys are definitely fortunate. And I know, but, you know, at the same situation, I know that those same guys are also bummed they're missing the opportunity to play football season. I mean, you come to big-time universities to play football because you, you love the game itself. And um, I can speak for all the guys in the locker room at Wisconsin that, you know, the best part about being a Badger football player is actually playing the game of football um, and to not have that opportunity this year, um, I just, I mean, I just feel for those guys like so much, and I can't imagine, um, I mean, it's easy for me to say now, but I can't imagine um, not having an opportunity uh, like I did last season, so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been just crazy to watch everything kind of unfold, and, and like, I know Ty and I have both talked at nauseum about how tough this must be for players, um, just based off of everything and the uncertainty. Um, in the wake of the choice to postpone, how tough do you think it will be for players to kind of keep their morale high and prepare for a winter season? I mean, it's going on here almost a full year since they played in the bowl game when it comes down to when they start practicing back up. Yeah, I mean, I know that um, all the guys I talked to or everything that um, I was aware of, our guys were ready to go for, you know, this this fall season to kick off, and I heard they were having – an unbelievable winter, they had unbelievable winter workouts. They're on their way to having an unbelievable camp. Um, you know, I got a chance to to see some of the guys from a social distance area when I had to go back to Madison for something, and they were looking, looking, you know, stronger than I've ever seen. Like especially the guys on the offensive line, they were looking, you know, freaking huge, man. And I was so so excited for those guys. But um, I think you're right. Like the hardest part is going to be keeping guys bought in going forward. Um, I know that we have a great coaching staff at the same time. The kind of ups and downs of what those guys have had to gone through uh, definitely to this point is for sure taking a toll on them. Um, you know, mentally, physically, they're still into it. They're probably well-rested, you know, especially not having spring ball, especially having a full summer to go through workouts and completing that. They're probably in great shape. Um, I guess the the biggest challenge for them now is to keep keep working with um, without knowing when the opportunity to actually play is going to be. Because um, I know you every every time you train for something, um, you know summer workouts, winter workouts, spring ball, all those opportunities. Every day you step in the weight room at 6 a.m. or on the field at 6 a.m. to go um, work your butt off. Um, in the back of your mind, you know you're doing it 
um, you know, not just for the guy next to you, but for the opportunity to go play a game in the fall. And without knowing that the season, um, you know, without knowing that the season potentially to play this year is in jeopardy or not knowing when you're going to be on the field again, um, it's definitely going to be challenging to keep the guys motivated. Um, I'm not saying that they aren't. I know plenty of guys have self-motivation. I know our coaching staff does a great job of getting the guys ready to go, and I'm sure they're putting together a great plan. But, I mean, it's still – there's no denying it's going to be tough to um, – I mean, just facing reality, there's no denying it's, it's tough to keep keep guys um, locked in without knowing that there's a season coming up. Yeah, I would have to imagine just uh, human nature would be, you know, weighing on you to keep keep having to do that uh, and, and not know, you know, when you're going to be out on the field uh, day in and day out is, is tough on anybody, no matter how, you know, how focused and, and ready you are to, to be in there. Uh, but let's let's assume that the, there is a winter or spring season. Sounds like the winter is maybe getting more rumblings in the spring. Um, how difficult do you think it would be, you know, as a player on your body to get ready and play that season, but also, you know, not try and impact 2021? Because for some of these guys, they're going to be in a even harder spot where they're they're going to be asked to maybe bounce back, um, you know, in pretty close time frame. So how would that be, you know, from a physical standpoint as an athlete? Uh, how how much of a toll is that going to take, and is that almost asking uh, too much uh, from the players? And you, know, I'd have to imagine they'd be ready to play, but that's that's got to be a lot on the body. Yeah, I mean, um, it's definitely something that you know coaches and players and you know organizations in the Big Ten, especially, you know, take into consideration because um, a full season for a lot of guys, you know, you don't recover for that for a couple months, and you you kind of rely on a full winter and workouts and spring ball to kind of get back into it. But at the same time, I know from my playing days, our spring ball practices are not as intense as fall practices. But I mean, you're still you're still getting some serious work done in the spring. Um, so in my opinion, the only way it works is if they shorten the season to almost a competitive spring ball in the sense where it's not maybe a full season, but they give guys an opportunity to play. Maybe I don't really know how that how that works. This is me um, kind of you know shooting a shot and speculating. But if there is some sort of format where they give guys an opportunity to play four or five games in their division, just get, you know, kids a chance, get put stuff on tape, develop maybe instead of a spring ball. I think that could be a great option potentially. But at the same time, only, um, you know, the human body is um, kind of an amazing thing. And I think the will of college athletes is also an amazing thing. And I think if, you know, everyone kind of agrees and is willing to go for it, I think there's no, I mean, I think they have the the potential to, uh, take that chance and see how it goes in the winter and play a full season um, in the spring and then come back and, um, you know, take a little rest and come back in the summer and do it again. Um, I mean, it's definitely challenging. I don't have the answers. I don't really know how they would be able to do that. But um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they go give it a shot because um, I know guys want to play. I know coaches want to coach. And I know that the country wants football. So it would be weird watching football start in January, usually when the season ends and, and you know, doesn't end until March. Maybe coincides with uh, basketball a little bit, but at the same time, it's it's better than nothing. But um, they definitely have some serious questions they need to address as far as scheduling, timing, how long of a season, how short of a season, um, and then obviously with the whole testing, keeping players safe um, from COVID, but also just keeping their bodies healthy. Um, you know, people way above my pay grade, way smarter than me. Um, hopefully, they they come up with the answers. But um, I just hope we get. Um, seniors and players who really have a chance to, you know, improve their draft stock with getting on the field and showing off how hard they worked this offseason this past year. I really hope those guys get a chance to get up in some shape or form 
and show what they have in a, in the full game in a full speed game. Yeah, I think everybody's hoping for some semblance of football here come winter or spring from the Big Ten. Um, the NCAA just went ahead and announced that uh, regardless of how many games anybody plays this year, that they're going to maintain their current eligibility. How do you think that that'll affect kind of roster management and whatnot these next couple seasons, uh, given your experience of being in that locker room and knowing a little bit of the ins and outs of it? Yeah, um, I mean, it's – Honestly, props to the NCAA for for doing that. I think it's the least they could do to give you know you know athletes a chance to come back and um, keep keep have the opportunity to play in in the future when life isn't so crazy and the unknown isn't so unknown. Um, but um, it's it's definitely something that coaches have to figure out because you only have um, so many spots really. Um, and I know they already, especially with recruiting, recruiting is such a big, as you guys know, recruiting is such a big thing these days in industry almost, that um, these guys are recruiting kids, you know, you know, sophomore year and, and, and on. So they definitely have kids coming in. So it's definitely going to be um, interesting to see if they can balance it with, with guys coming in who, um, guys leaving, you know, the freshmen coming in and guys coming back. But I really, I, I honestly don't have the answers. I know I, I wish I could give you guys more, but. Um, but the, the the dynamic would definitely be interesting. I know there's definitely some guys in, in the past who have been on the team because of uh, medical red shirts and stuff for six years, and those guys, in my opinion, have always been um, like leaders in the locker room. So uh, if there, if there's guys who are you know are old men in there basically who are, are in college for a sixth season potentially, um, I think those guys have the awesome opportunity to be leaders to young guys coming in even more so than a fourth or fifth year senior just because they. Um, they'll have the, the passion behind them to play one more season. It can really show the young guys, you know, what it takes to persevere and um, stick with something and get on the field. So I think there's that element, which could be really exciting. But at the same time, I know that there's only so many scholarships. I know that um, this the actual infrastructure of the actual team. They're going to be challenged to figure out ways to get everyone in the locker room, to get everyone on the practice field healthy. Um and, and I mean, definitely, there's just, there's certain things in ins and out of the season as far as like eating, you know, training table, um, as far as the training room, as far as equipment. Those are all things that they're gonna have to figure out because of possibly the addition of um, you know, six year seniors or in freshmen coming in. Um, so it's definitely interesting to see what happens. I know that um, if there's any organization or program in the country that can handle it, it's Wisconsin. You know, Coach Chris is. People give him credit for how smart he really is and how great of a coach and uh, mentor he is to players in the locker room. And I think, um, you know, if there's any man who can who can lead it, he's the guy. Um, coach Alvarez, he's is an absolute legend. He's he's probably you know people give him enough credit for being such a great athletic director. He's a great coach. He's an even better athletic director. Um, and he keeps you know all sports. Um, you know he does a great job managing the athletic department as a whole. Um, and then just the support staff we have at the program, they're all super smart people, all super well qualified, all genuinely care for Wisconsin athletics, Wisconsin football, and the players themselves. So I think if there's any program who's, you know, built to handle it, it's Wisconsin. The only question is, will other programs across the country be able to do the same thing um, and give and give guys an equal opportunity to come back and give the freshmen coming in a chance to show their stuff as well? Um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I mean, I'm no um, – you know, it just, it's just – I, I know I'm, um, I'm biased, but at the same time, um, I just really believe that uh, Wisconsin has the infrastructure and the potential to figure it out. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, and that's a good segue into the, the next question that I wanted to touch on, and, and that's 
you know, the, the Big Ten maybe hasn't handled this the best that they could, uh, Kevin Warren and, and then the presidents of the universities. But it sounds like throughout this, Paul Christ has been a, a very strong voice to both the players and the parents. Um, I know Matt had an article that kind of talked to some parents, and they all had uh, great things to, to say about Coach Christ. And it sounds like most of his former players, including yourself, uh, are in that same boat. But what do you think, you know, his type of messaging has been to the players because if you've met him or been around him, he, he's a pretty straight shooter. And uh, I think the players, you know, from in a position where they haven't gotten a lot of answers, I'd, I'd guess that he was a guy that uh, has, has really been there for him to, to kind of give him and, and show him some leadership. So what do you think his messaging has kind of been like? Yeah, you know, I mean, I obviously was in the locker room or in the meeting room. Mm-hmm. And I, can't, I can't tell you 100% what Coach Chris said, but um, based off of, you know, my relationship with him, how I know him and previous experiences, um, I mean, you're exactly right, he's a straight shooter. So I'm sure he acknowledged the situation. He's like, guys, you know, the situation obviously sucks for so many different reasons. And um, I, he definitely feels for the players and he definitely feels for the seniors. But Coach Chris, biggest thing is he, genu- he genuinely appreciates the guys in the, in the room. You know, the players, um, the coaching staff, his, the coaches who work with them, the support staff, he genuinely appreciates everyone who wears a W every day. Um, and I'm sure he definitely expressed that, um, you know, throughout the entire program and to the families themselves. I know, you know, so many families are probably going through a hard time because they have expectations for the season, and now they don't know, and they have travel booked to come to Madison and the away games. And um, I'm, I'm just sure that Coach Chris has genuinely expressed empathy for everyone in the program, everyone involved. And, um, I mean, I don't think he's trying to sugarcoat anything because that's not who he is. Mm-hmm. He's definitely expressing empathy. He's there for the players. They want to come talk about his concerns. I know that he will generally support uh, any player who, you know, has – there's definitely some guys who are going to have some serious decisions coming up as far as um, their future. But I know he generally has the best interest of his players in mind, and um, I'm sure he's, just, he's trying to be a rock for everyone there and just kind of be a, a guy you can be there to um, – console and give advice on any situation coming up in the future. For sure. I mean, it's, it's something that he's he's been doing for a long time, so I would hope that he is able to kind of navigate that uh, as best he can. Uh, last week on our podcast, we actually discussed some of the players that we thought might have been impacted most by this decision to postpone it. And I know you touched on some of the seniors and how tough it's been. On the flip side, are there any players that you think that this postponement to winter might actually help? I mean, there's definitely some guys who um, were probably, um, you know, when you go through the winter, it's such a physical game. And then when you go through, you know, the spring um, and then you go through the summer, it's all a lot, a lot of emphasis on physical. You don't really get into the full mental side of the game until uh, training camp. And I know that um, there's definitely some younger players who are looking to compete in certain roles who definitely have the advantage now of being able to spend more time in the playbook. You know, not only continuing to grow physically, but mentally develop in the actual game and what their role could potentially be on the field. Um, you know, any for you know, for instance, like young offensive linemen coming up who have a chance to step in new roles. You know, um, Seltzner, Fertney, uh, Titman, Cormac Sampson, Caden, all those guys. I mean, everyone in, in general, but those guys just come to the top of my mind who guys have to step up and replace some positions. They're going to have, you know, potentially huge roles on the team this year. Um, and, you know, look at any running back in particular, having to replace JT, um, being able to mentally lock in the playbook and study more film and um, get physically better. I think those are huge opportunities for those guys. And then, um, you know, I bet that Jack's out there throwing or 
trying to throw to the receivers and all those guys working hard and for them to build their chemistry, that's big time. Um, and then defensively too, just, you know, we have a lot of, a lot of guys coming back on defense and just having them kind of, you know, hopefully still get some workouts in together and have the opportunity to kind of grow and watch film as well. I think, I think, you know, it's definitely tough, but the more time that guys have to study and stay hungry and stay invested in a program and stay invested in learning, I think it definitely helps everybody. Um, you know, I, I, it's definitely tough because nothing, nothing teaches you more than being on the field and getting those reps to actually, you know, practice, practice definitely helps and not having those reps is definitely going to hurt a little bit, but um, having the opportunity to mentally lock in without having to take a physical toll on your body is definitely um, something that I think guys can, if they really put their mind to it, could take advantage of. So I know um, for me, it didn't really all click until I started taking advantage of it off the field as well. So if guys can really buy in and lock into studying, I think, um, you know, when life gets figured out, when there's an actual season, when they're back on the field, it can definitely help them. Yeah, you know, you mentioned earlier that you had the chance to kind of catch up with some of those guys, and I would have to guess some other guys that would benefit are guys that were working back um, from injuries, trying to get their body ready that may be coming into originally the fall camp that were maybe battling injuries and, and working through that stuff. And one of those was was Caden Lyles. Have you had a chance to catch up with him or, or any other, other guys that were maybe working their way back? Because I know at least in Caden's position, he was kind of a question mark of who's going to be able to go, you know, full go for the fall camp. But now it sounds like maybe he's got some more time to, to get things ready. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, I didn't get the chance to catch up with Caden. I was only in, uh, I was in Madison for one night um, over the summer. But I saw, um, I saw some guys on the offensive line. I saw, like, uh, Smith back, Ross, Michael Belsteri, who's a D lineman, and then uh, Beecher. And we all just kind of uh, were able to catch up for a little bit. But all those guys um, said that, you know, he's coming along. Um, you know, I don't really know too much of the details. But uh, from my understanding, I think he's doing fine. And, um, you know, anyone, anyone who has an injury coming into into camp, mm-hmm. um, this is definitely an opportunity for them to keep rehabbing and get healthy. Um, you know, injuries injuries are just part of the game, and I know some people have more serious ones than others. But um, this extra rest, yes, yes, it's unfortunate and, and it sucks, but it definitely gives guys a chance to rehab and fully get back into it. And hopefully, when you know, like I said, when the season comes into play, they can hit the ground running. All right, so so last time we got we had you on, we actually got to talk a little bit about the offensive line. Um, we were wondering if, if we could instead flip it and talk about the defensive line, some of the guys you have to go against in practice, because I'm sure that you've got some stuff to talk about for those guys uh, that you had to match up with each day. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the games of um, kind of the – the, the normal starters at defensive end, so Garrett Rand, Isaiah Laudermilk, Matt Henningsen. What do each of those guys kind of bring to the table? Well, I'll start off with Isaiah and Rand because those guys are those guys are studs, man. I mean, um, in my opinion, you know, they're not too huge, you know, staple names yet, but they were. I was excited for those guys because, in my opinion, the last couple of years, they've been some of the best D linemen in the entire Big Ten. Um, Rand is just a, such a physical freak. He's so explosive and he's so strong. And he's just a perfect fit for our D-line. And he's battled injuries in the past, and I was so excited for him to kind of have a full year and kind of unleash it on the field, man. He's, he, he's, he plays angry, and his, his bull rush is so, so freaking effective. It's definitely something I struggle to stop on a daily basis. And I know, you know, offensive linemen throughout the entire country had trouble stopping it. So I was excited for him. I, I really don't know what his future holds, but I hope I get a chance to see him in a Wisconsin jersey uh, doing his thing. Um, Isaiah is – by far, I mean, he's, 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 I, I remember I hosted him on official visit. He was just this kid from, kid from small town Kansas. 
Um, and he came to Wisconsin, and he was he was he was a big kid. But he wasn't you know terribly big or strong yet, and he just he blew up, man. He's a great dude, one of my good friends, but he's an absolute physical monster. I mean, that guy day in and day out, so hard to block. He can beat you so many different ways. He's strong. He beats you with a bull. Um, he's athletic, so he can um, beat you with a swim or a rip or a combination of the two. Uh, and he's so long too. He's he's such he's super long arms. And if you don't get your hands on him first, it's game over. And even sometimes if you get your hands on him first, he'll just shut you to the ground. Um, and I was I was really excited to watch Isaiah um, kind of take over games this year. And I really hope he gets the chance to as well. I know both those guys have a very um, a very promising future ahead of them at the next level at some point. But I hope I get to see both those guys kind of do their thing in the future. And then uh, we go to my guy Hendog. Um, Matt Hennessy, he's he's an absolute, he's a great dude. But I tell you what, that guy is the heart and soul of our defense and the, and the defensive line. I mean, he, you know, he's not the biggest guy in the world, he's not the strongest guy in the world, but that guy works his butt off like nobody else in the team. Um, especially, I mean, he's, he's you guys have seen him. He's not, he's not, you know, he's not crazy big or anything, but he squats. I think the most out of everyone in the entire locker room, which is just absolutely ridiculous. But um, we, we we went against each other a lot throughout practice, especially in Badger drills during fall camp, like every day. And Hendog's one of those guys. No matter you know what situation you go up against him, you know you get, he's going to make you better because he's he just has a motor that just doesn't stop. And you saw, and, he, and it you know pays off on the field. He makes plays um, all over the field. It's rather chasing out a tackle from from um, behind across the field or jumping up and swatting a pass down or even scoring touchdowns last year, as we all saw. So um, I was super excited to see Hendar take, you know, continue to just be the same guy he is and, you know, be a better version of himself even and get out there and do some damage, you know, across the Big Ten. Um, and I know there's there's guys um, who, who are coming up. You know, Keanu showed what he can do next year. He was young last year, but he's, he definitely has all the tools um, to, to kind of go out there and do his thing. So, I mean, there's, there's so many guys um, across – across the defensive line who I think have opportunities to kind of step up into the next in the next level and contribute in, in a variety of different ways. But, um, you know, those those three guys, and then Bryson Williams, too, he's a guy who has all the opportunity in the world to come up and, and contribute at the nose position and be there with Keanu. So um, both those guys, you know, all the guys across the line are, you know, great athletes, great dudes to have in a locker room, work their butt off every single day. And I know Coach Noakes um, gets the best out of them. So I was super excited to see those guys get hit the field whenever, whenever the opportunity comes. Yeah, all of them were, were really impressive. And uh, that's the other guy that we were going to ask about was Keanu Ben. You mentioned him a little bit and maybe some of the other guy, younger guys. When Keanu Ben came into to camp last year, I'm sure he wasn't as, as well-known, but he seemed to really make an impact uh, early on in his freshman year. How impressive was that, and when did you maybe really take notice of, of what he can do as a player at such a young age? I, I noticed day one. I you know we um, we had some injuries in the offensive line really early on in training camp, uh, the first couple of days of pads, and right off the bat I had to go help out and run the the second team center last year during fall camp, and right off the bat I was going against him every single day, and you know I thought you know big fifth year senior I'm going to get the best of him and it's going to be easy matchup for me, and I think the first couple times I just fell on my face because he just swam me or he would shed me. And right off the bat, I'm like, oh, like, oh crap, this dude is this dude is for real. And um, you know, he, so I mean, he didn't, I mean, he made some big plays last year, but didn't surprise anybody because from the moment he stepped on, he worked his butt off in the weight room. 
He did his thing during fall camp, and he, he really earned all the minutes that he got last year. And, uh, I mean, we saw him in the Ohio State game making play after play against, you know, one of the better offensive lines in the country. And he plays angry, doesn't play scared, and he's all, he's, he's strong, as, strong as heck. So he's all the ability in the world, and he has the maturity. You know, last year was a freshman, but he had the maturity of a, of a, of a vet. So um, I was super excited to see, um, you know, all the hard work. I know he put in the offseason payoff this year. And uh, he had a bright future ahead of him for sure. Yeah, he he was he really burst onto the scene last year. All right, we're gonna wrap things up with you here, but I wanted to ask you one last question. So okay. it seems like here these past uh, quarantine life, you've kind of done the Chikwe Obasi, Joe Thomas slim down post football man. Uh, uh, what's that been like, and how have your eating habits changed since uh, you didn't have training table and everything going on? Well, dude, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I had to, I was one of those guys who had to eat a ton to keep my weight on uh, throughout my career, and um, it's crazy what can happen when you stop eating like 5,000 calories a day and start just trying to eat like a normal person. But um, you know, I, I shed a little bit of weight right off the bat, and I got down to like 285. And then since then, I was like, all right, I gotta I gotta put in the work. So I, I really tried to do like you said, the Chikwe Joe Thomas diet, um, trying to do the intermittent fasting where I don't eat till about two every day. Um, I try I try to go low carb as much as possible. Um, definitely, I cheat probably more than I should on the weekends, but um, it's it, it's definitely a transition. But once you get the hang of it, um, you kind of just it's something you just kind of buy into. And you know, I was lucky enough to have a little break before I had to go start a job right away, so I was really able to kind of lock in on this uh, physical health and studying all that stuff. And our our training staff uh, was constant. They kind of they kind of. Um, teach you how to work hard in the weight room, how to work out hard. So I just kind of just tried to do um, as much as constant workouts as a kid without eating as much, and the weight just kind of shut off a little bit. So um, I'm feeling pretty good right now. I, I haven't weighed this um, – I haven't weighed, you know, this – this. I guess this – what? What's the proper term? This little since <laughs> – Yep, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I haven't weighed this little since I was uh, in, like, seventh grade, which is kind of crazy to think about. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. Um, I definitely want to start switch up the composition because, um, like I said, I, when I saw those guys in Madison, I felt small for the first time probably in my entire life. And I was like, all right, I got to start eating again to get some get some muscle. Back. But um, I'm definitely having fun with the man. I feel I feel healthy. I feel really good. Um, I'm running like actual like miles now instead of and not getting super tired with it. Like <laughs> it's something I enjoy, and I actually like enjoy eating healthy. I know all my uh, all the guys I play with are gonna run me for that one, but um, definitely having fun with it, man. It's, it's something something I kind of embrace to try to try to um, you know really do and just for my overall health and um, it's it's kind of it's kind of fun just you know walking in a room and having people like not even recognize you. I was actually when I was in Madison, I uh, I stopped at a hotel or I was staying in a hotel um, close to the West Town Mall and um, I walk in. And the guy asked if I was David Mormon's brother because I didn't even look like myself anymore. <laughs> oh, so I, I was like, no, it's actually me. Uh, <laughs> he, yeah, he was taking it back. So that was kind of fun, little things like that. But I definitely miss my McDonald's cheat meals, though. I miss, you know, eating with the boys, going going to uh, Mickey's, getting the big scrambler and the milkshake, going to McDonald's on, on Regent Street and pounding food there. And um, definitely miss those days. But I'm definitely having fun with the – with you know my new diet, my new health, and just my new lifestyle in general, but definitely miss the the good old days. Yeah, I can't imagine the hurt that you guys could probably put on that poor Regent Street McDonald's. <laughs> oh, <laughs> in that place packed on game days, I can't imagine what you guys uh, would do uh, in that setting. <laughs> Saturday after a game, I would like 
lose probably like five to ten pounds depending on how many reps we had or temperature and we would have to weigh in the Monday morning and um you know it wasn't super strict but like I especially when I was playing guard um I knew I needed to keep my weight up so I would go to we would have film Sunday mornings and then I would go to McDonald's probably around like one o'clock and I would get a double quarter pounder of cheese a Big Mac two McChickens a large fry a small fry a large coke and a McFlurry and then I'd go (laughs) I'd go sit on my couch and I would watch the NFL games with all the guys, and I would just put it back like it was no one's business. And then I wouldn't eat till about, like, 8 o'clock, and I would eat, like, a pizza from Sal's, or I'd go to um, Greenbush Bar. Or, uh, if I was feeling really – I would go to Toppers and just get the greasiest thing of all time. But um, those are those are some fun Sundays, definitely. I, I, I Actually, the other day, I still put – I you know was feeling nostalgic, and I put it, put it back. But I felt it for, like, four days afterwards. But um, – I still have it in me a little bit. Still have it in me. A little bit. <laughs> oh man, I don't know if I, I don't know if I had if I had forty eight hours. I don't know if I could put down all that food uh, that you just mentioned. But uh, you're making me hungry. But um, David, we appreciate you hopping back on. It's always fun uh, talking with you. I'm sure we'll have you on uh, again here at some point. And we're glad to glad to hear things are going well in the in the new life. And uh, we appreciate your insight uh, that you gave us tonight. Thanks, guys. I appreciate being on. It's always good talking to you. Um, love to come back. Hopefully, hopefully this interview went well enough that I'm, you know, I'll come back again. But um, definitely talking you to you passed. guys. You passed, you passed yep. man. Yeah. Hey, hopefully, we actually have some football to talk about next time. We're breaking down a damn game or or some some formation that the batters are running, and not uh, not more COVID talk. I love it. As soon as that day comes, I'm in, guys. But stay safe. Thanks for having me on, and uh, you know, go Badgers, everyone. Go Badgers. All right, Badger fans. That wraps up. Another edition of the podcast. We'll be back with you later in the week. And as always, on Wisconsin.